we want to introduce to maybe some and certainly present to all the rest of us a great lady, a great Christian, and a great preacher. How many want to hear from the Lord today? Sister Lois George, God bless you. Aren't you thankful for the presence of God today? You can be seated. I want to say something for the benefit of the Hannah family, but it'd be good for all of us to realize death is no big deal for the saint of God. And the Lord... You know, he, he's picking his bouquet. He's taking his children home. And I want to tell you a little experience. Brother George had to suffer a long time because I didn't let go. He fell, I think, around October the 20th of 98, and he was dead. Joel and I grabbed him up and started praying and the Lord brought him back. And he was aggravated. He said, I had it made. He said it was the most beautiful colors. But somebody prayed me back. And then he had to suffer. And he wanted to trust God. He wanted to with all his heart. But your body can only take so much. And he told me, he said, you're prepared to trust God if he takes you or if he heals you. But it's when that's in between that it don't, that you, your body can't take it. But I would say, God, I'm willing for you to take him, but I believe you're going to heal him, and I sincerely believed it. And Brother Hannah, God left him here until I got where I didn't say, I believe you're going to heal him. I finally, someone said, how could God choose if he's wanting to take someone, but another one of his children was believing God not to take them. And when I heard that, I went and found me a place to pray. And I said, God, I've sincerely believed you's going to heal him. But if it's your will to take him, I'm sorry that I've believed that and I won't say it again. And the Lord took him home. But, you know, they're not gone, really. Brother George, I've told some this, but Brother George passed away January 15th of 99 and Friday before Father's Day in June of 99. His only brother went in the hospital. And on Saturday, he quit breathing. They put a ventilator in to start him to breathing again. And on Monday, they was able to take the ventilator out. And the first words he said, he called Brother George Edward. First words he said when they took the ventilator out is, Sorry, Edward, but I'll be there. And a little bit later, he got where he could talk better. And he said, Edward came after me. And we was walking across the bridge, but I had to come back. And June, July the 5th, that morning, he told his wife, he said, Edward's come after me again, and I'm going with him. And said, we got a silver cord. And said, you take the end of it so you and Lois can find the way. And he's just gone. I understand Sister Mary saw Brother George. So they're around. Come on. That body will be put in the ground, but they're still alive forevermore hallelujah and I'm so thankful that I know God is the comforter people can choose you can choose to 
just sit around and grieve. And But I don't feel like it's right for us to sit around and grieve and moan and groan. And I don't mean not weep. I don't mean that. But I mean uh, weeks and months down the road that you're still sitting around grieving about God's will when it's God's will to take one of his children home because he knows best. I feel led to sing a song this morning. I don't think I've ever sung it in church. I've just, but this is for anyone that you feel like you're at the end and you don't know what to do. Listen to these words. When you've got nothing left but God, nothing left but God, you still got enough to start again. And no matter what Satan has taken out of your hands when you've got nothing left but God, you've got enough to start again when a lifetime of living is gone in a single day and the oceans of misfortune they wash your dreams away and on the shores of memory, empty-handed you stand when you've got nothing left but God. You've got enough to start again. When you've got nothing left but God, Nothing left but God You still got enough to start again And no matter what Satan has taken Out of your hands When you've got nothing left but God You've got enough to start again. When those you've loved for a lifetime suddenly go another way, you're left to face the midnights. Sometimes it hurts too much to pray. When your reputation has been stained And your mind can't understand When you've got nothing left but God You've got enough to start again When you've got nothing left but God oh. Nothing left but God You still got enough to start again And no matter what Satan has taken Out of your hand When you've got nothing left but God you got enough to start again When those you've loved for a lifetime Suddenly go another way You're left to face the midnight Sometimes it hurts too much to pray when your reputation has been stained And your mind can't understand When you've got nothing left but God You've got enough 
to start again when you've got nothing left but God nothing left but God you still got enough to start again and no matter what Satan has taken out of your hand when you've got nothing left but God you got enough to start again. I realized when I started singing that I wasn't necessarily singing that to the Hannahs. But there's people sitting here this morning that you feel like God don't even care. But he's right here. Oh, Shonda Lutterius that day. And he does care. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in Job 23, verse 8 through 10. Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth with God as God. Do you ever feel like that? I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, I can't perceive him. On the left hand where he's working, but I can't behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he's tried me, I'll come forth this God. I want to talk to you this morning about an appointment with victory. There's some people here this morning that you need to make an appointment with victory. That's what Job was saying. I can't see him. I can't feel him. But I'm going to come forth his goal. I got an appointment when he's got through trying me. Will you raise your hands and ask God to move on the hearts here this morning. There's souls here this morning. If they went out today, would have to spend an eternity in a lake of fire. But I want them to make an appointment this morning with victory. You may be seated. You know, a lot of times people will make all kinds of excuses. They'll try to blame this or they'll try to blame that. And I thought people think so carnally so many times. Uh, not long ago, something was someone was talking about... Uh, I think most of you knew that uh, before Brother George passed away, in fact, before he got sick, the girls had taken out insurance on him so that they thought if uh, he did go that it, I would be taken care of. And, and, of course, the weekend they thought all, and he thought all those months that he was covered and the weekend before he passed away, uh, the insurance company informed um, that they would not insure him. And since that time, several insurance agents have told some of the children that I needed to get a lawyer, that uh, 
they couldn't do me that way and all that kind of stuff. And and someone was talking about it, and I said, no, ain't no way I'd get a lawyer because all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And if the Lord had thought I needed that $50,000, he would have uh, saw that I got it, and he didn't, and I wouldn't even think about trying to get it if God didn't want me to have it. And someone said, well, uh, that's a Christian. And I thought, how... It's not, it's just believing the word because all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And uh, God saw that he, I didn't need that. He saw evidently that it wouldn't be good for me or something or he wanted to keep me depending on him and he's never let me down one time. But so many times people are using all kinds of excuses and thinking with the carnal mind. And they'll use excuses for not being what they ought to be. Uh, I thought of Job, this scripture that I read. We all know the story of Job, how that uh, the devil was uh, trying him and how that uh, his cattle and all of his uh, wealth was gone and his children was gone and and then his health and and if he had been like a lot of people nowadays he would have been moaning the blues and and just uh blaming somebody and trying to blame god and all that kind of stuff oh but i want you to know we need to just think hey uh all things work together for good to them that love the lord and i love him so i'm not going to question god in any way i'm just going to depend on him that's what job was saying he said i i look behind me i can't see him i look in front of me i can't see him in other words i can't feel him uh, in our everyday language it had been said uh, when I pray it feels like my prayers don't go any higher in the ceiling but I know that he knows the way that I take and when I, I he's get through trying me I'm going to come forth as gold hallelujah and I've got an appointment with victory and I thought of so many people in the word of God there was a little woman in Matthew the ninth chapter for 12 long years she had an issue of blood and she went to doctors and spent everything that she had and suffered many things at the hands of the physicians oh but I want you to know uh, one day she heard about Jesus and she made an appointment with victory Uh, what she did she said if I can just touch the hem of his garment I'll be made whole that's when she made her appointment with victory and I can see her it was a big crowd around him Uh, but she made her way. It wasn't easy. I'll guarantee you it wasn't easy because here she was weak and sick and she was wanting to touch the hem of his garment and she had to push her way through the crowd. It was such a big crowd that when Jesus said somebody touched me the people thought something was wrong with him because there's just a multitude around him but he knew that somebody had made an appointment with victory and when she got through the crowd she touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole just like she said uh, when I touched the hem of his garment uh, oh listen I want you to know uh, that she had that appointment with victory and she made her way through the crowd in order to keep that appointment uh, I, I thought of a oh, man with palsy uh, uh, how that he, they brought his his friends brought him in Mark 2 uh, uh, to Jesus uh, but it was such a big crowd uh, that they couldn't get into where he was at uh, but they had made up their mind if I can get this man to Jesus he'll be healed uh, so they just tore the roof off uh, and let him down through the roof uh, in order to get there a lot of times you and I have to go through the crowd come on uh, our old carnal thinking uh, uh, so many things doubt uh, and all of those things uh, but we make our way through the crowd when we make that appointment with victory there was a blind man uh, in Jesus in John 9 and Jesus put uh, made mud out of spittle and put it on his eyes and said go wash in the pool of Siloam 
I wonder how many apostolics would have sat around and said, well, how nasty, make uh, mud out of spit and dirt and put on my eyes. I can't believe, come on, there's a lot of people today that are griping and complaining about what God's doing, uh, but if they'll just obey God and do what he says, uh, make that appointment with victory, come on, we can sit around and listen to me today. It's not a time to sit around and find fault. It's not a time to sit around and run your mouth. So many times apostolics run their mouth and they talk and they'll do this and they'll do that. But I want you to know it's a time today to be what God wants us to be. To be willing to let him do what he wants to do with us. Come on. It's the time today. If he puts mud on your eyes, just make your way to the pool of Siloam and wash it off. Come on, keep that appointment with victory. Oh, God. But we're living in a, a generation that people are sitting around. And, and I'm going to talk a, a little bit about us sitting around, running your mouth and finding fault. Come on. Uh, but it's time to be on fire for God. Uh, get your old uh, stinking thinking out of the way and do what God wants you to do. I mentioned last night, and it's really funny, the thing that people was telling. And I mentioned last night how I told them that's not true. I told Brother Shield this morning what it was that was told. said this church is just uh, taken up in sports. And I, it's even funny. Uh, it's so untrue. But I want you to know uh, Pentecostal people sit around and fail to obey God and fail to be willing to let God mold them. Oh listen, I fail to be willing to let God do with them what they want to do. If God wants to make mud out of spittle and put it on your eyes, just thank God for it and go ahead and keep the appointment with victory. In 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, is a story I love. There was a little woman came to Elisha. And she said, my husband died and he had a lot of bills. And they're fixing to take my son to pay off the debts. She came to the right person. She came to God, to the man of God. Come on, this is your man of God. He's the one that you need to come to. Come on. Oh, listen, but uh, she came and the man of God told her what to do. He said, what you got in your house? Just a little cruise of oil is all I got. And he said, i tell you what to do. You go and you borrow all the vessels that you can borrow. Go to all the neighbors and borrow all the vessels that you can borrow. And I can see her. She'd come down to the neighbor and said, I want to borrow your wash tubs or anything you got that I can borrow. What do you want to do with it? I've got an appointment with victory. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to pour oil in it. Probably they said, she's done slipped her lid. Come on. She went to the next neighbor. I want to borrow all the vessels she can got. What are you going to do with them? I've got an appointment with victory. I've got to have something to sell to pay off the debt so they won't take my boy. I wonder how many apostolics had said, oh, I ain't going to do that. That looks stupid. My neighbors at all think I'm foolish. See, the clue to having the victory is doing what Jesus said do. Come on, we with our carnal minds so many times get to feel like we're smarter than Jesus is. Come on. 
I'm going to say that again. A lot of times apostolics get to feeling like they're smarter than Jesus is. When he tells the man of God to tell them what to do uh, and they're not willing to do it and they, uh, they're like Naaman was. Uh, he said, behold, I thought uh, that the man of God come out and, and put his hands on my leprosy. Uh, uh, but he had a servant that was smarter than he was. Uh, said, uh, Master, if he had told you something great to do, you would have done it. Uh, but go and wash in an old muddy uh, Jordan River. You don't want to do it. Uh, oh, listen, and then he decided to obey God. Uh, but if we want to keep an appointment with victory, we're going to have to be willing to do what God says to do. Uh, and he talks through his men and women today. Uh, he talks through the men and women of God. Uh, oh, listen, uh, and we need need to say, realize uh, that God's talking to us uh, and do what he says do uh, and keep our appointment with victory. I love this story. Uh, that little widow woman, uh, oh listen, she lost her husband uh, and there's all those debts uh, and the man of God told her something foolish to do. Uh, he just said, borrow all the vessels uh, and then she gets all of those uh, uh, the empty vessels lined up uh, and she gets that little cruise of oil. Oh, hallelujah. And I can see her as she starts pouring. And that little old bitty cruise of oil. And that uh, a big old number three wash tub is full. And she goes on to the next vessel. And to the next vessel. And to the next vessel. And to the next vessel. Until every one of the vessels she had was full. And she went and sold it. And paid off the debt. Why? Because she had an appointment with with victory and she obeyed oh listen I want you to know today that a lot of people are not getting what they need from God they're not getting to do what they need to do for God because they think they're too smart and they don't want to obey what God says to do but if we'll be obedient and keep our appointment with victory we'll see God move hallelujah Oh, but so many people today are failing to keep that appointment with victory. Did you know you can get so busy even trying to work for God that you don't talk to him and get his instructions? Come on. It's so easy to get busy. It's so easy to even be working for God. And just get so busy working for him that you fail to take time to receive his instructions. Oh, but we got an appointment with victory. I thought in Acts the 26th chapter, there was a man there named Agrippa. And he had an appointment to hear the man of God. He listened to the man of God. He listened to him reason about uh, what God had done and all of that. Oh, but when he got through, Agrippa said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. He had an appointment, but he failed to keep it. And all oh, listen, I want you to know today that you here, you can have that appointment. In fact, there's an appointment right here this morning. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye who labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Uh, oh, listen, uh, he said, today is the day of salvation, and I don't care who you are or what you've done. There's an appointment right here this morning. Uh, Jesus is calling to you. Uh, his hands is outstretched to you today, uh, and he's saying, come unto me. I don't know why in the world anybody would refuse to live for Jesus and live for the devil. All the devil wants to do is to kill, to steal and destroy. I 
preached last night and I've uh, had such a burden for anybody, Brother Jason, that don't know Jesus. Oh, I look at them and their life is in such a turmoil and the devil is uh, just doing them anyway and, and got them so in such a turmoil. Oh, listen, but I want you to know Jesus is standing here today saying, come unto me all ye who labor and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly of heart and you'll find rest for your soul. You may be here today and oh, listen, you're in turmoil. Your life is a mess. But I want you to know Jesus has got an appointment with you if you'll accept it. You may have problems today. You may have heartaches today. But he's standing right here waiting on you to accept that appointment with him. He'll give you rest. He said, my peace I give you, not as the world giveth. Oh, listen, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He's here today to give peace. He's here today to give comfort. He's here today to heal. He's here today to work out problems. He's here today to supply needs. All you got to do is keep your appointment with him. But so many times we worry, we fret. You got children that are not saved, worrying, fretting is not going to help. Preaching at them is not going to help. Come on, they don't like that. Ah, but you know what I've done with mine that's not in church? I give them to the Lord. Come on. And I know he loves them more than I do. Hallelujah. Come on. I love them and I would give my life for them. Oh, but he loved them enough he did give his life for them. Hallelujah. And he loves them more than I do. And he knows right where they're at today and how many hairs are in their head. And I can depend on him. Hallelujah. Come on. It's no need worrying and fretting and going around. Oh, but I want you to know if we'll make an appointment with Jesus, it doesn't matter today what it is listen God is still a need supplier he's still a problem solver he's still a healer today he's still anything he's ever been oh listen and we can make an appointment with him I don't know why this was brought to my mind but you know so many times God's people worry and fret about it things last March in fact in March of 99 when we was coming in from the Philippines we got to Nagoya Japan and the plane was overbooked and they told us they'd give us a $400 check and put us up at the Hilton Hotel give us two free meals and a free phone call and bring us on home the next day so uh, we volunteered. When I got home, my $400 check paid my car insurance with $8 over. This past March, uh, Sister Alviar and I was leaving uh, Manila, Philippines, and I just made the statement, maybe we'll get to lay over in Nagoya again and pay my insurance. So by me saying that, she knew my insurance was due. And so we didn't lay over in Nagoya, and, and she started worrying about my insurance. And I was supposed to take her to Sister Cook's in Indiana, in uh, Martinsville, Indiana, and, and I was just supposed to be the chauffeur, take her there and back. It wasn't supposed to be any money in it for me or anything. And she started worrying about my insurance. And she even said, I think I'll call one of the girls and tell them. And I said, Sister Janice, if you call one of my girls and tell them my insurance is due I will whip you and so she backed off on that uh, but uh, she said uh, I won't call them but she was still worrying about him and I said quit worrying about my insurance I'll guarantee you before we get back from Indiana my ins- I'll have the money for my insurance and what I didn't tell her is the day we left uh, uh, 
Arkansas to go to Indiana. I got uh, the deal from the IRS. My The CPA had done my uh, uh, deal, and nobody told me that I was supposed to keep a record of all the miles I drove in 99. And so I had to pay the IRS $624. And I kept all the offerings, but I didn't keep the expenses. And that don't sound very smart, but anyhow, I didn't do it. And so I didn't dare tell her that I'd got that thing that I had to pay the IRS $624. But I did tell her, you watch, because God will provide my insurance before I get back from Indiana. The first night we was there, uh, there was a precious sister sat down between Sister Alviar and I on the front seat and during the process of the service she just reached over uh, to me and to Sister Alviar and had said here's you missionaries an offering and then after church there was a man that was there handed me an offering and when we got to the room I counted it and there was my insurance. I said see I told you uh, that uh, the Lord would provide and he did it the first night uh, but before before I got back to Arkansas, he'd supplied the need for the IRS too. Come on, we can make an appointment with victory. He's real today. Oh, listen, I want you to know God is a good God. I wouldn't want to live without him. I wouldn't want to be in this old world without him. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a need supplier. He's a healer. He's a problem solver. He's a peace giver. He's a comforter at best of all, he's a savior. Oh, hallelujah. Make that appointment with victory today. There's no victory except in him. Come on. Oh, when his children goes home, that's a victory. Sister Mary made an appointment with victory. And she got it. Come on, I said she got it. She don't have to worry anymore. She won't ever hurt anymore. Hallelujah. Shed no more tears over those children. Hallelujah. Oh, she got the victory. But I want you to know I've got an appointment with victory. I don't know when it's going to be. But one of these days, I don't know if it'll be before the trumpet sounds or if I'll go by the way of the grave. But I've got it all fixed up. I've done got the insurance so my kids ain't going to be out any money on me. I've already got my funeral pre-planned. I've got it all all picked out. Oh, listen, if I happen to go that way, then it's going to be all right. And if the Lord would call for me before I leave this pulpit today, I just tell the children, I said, I'll see them over yonder. Hallelujah. Come on, I've got an appointment with victory, but I want you to know today, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not on fire for him, you might say, well, I know him. I've got the Holy Ghost but if you're not doing what God wants you to do if you're not humbling yourself before him if you're not being obedient to him and faithful to him you better get right and make that appointment sure because you're not going to be ready when he comes appointment with victory hallelujah I imagine it sometimes just walking out of this old body <laughs> and walking into that new body, Brother Jason. Oh, God. Hallelujah. And the only thing that I have to be concerned about is keeping this old flesh under the control of the Spirit of God. If I keep this flesh under control by the Spirit of God, Oh, I know it's easy to sit around and let the flesh rule. Come on, but the flesh will not please God. Oh, God. We're going to have to overcome our flesh. And if we don't overcome it, we'll be left here when the trumpet sounds. Oh, but I've got that appointment. 
one of these days. It's going to be a glorious thing if we're still here when the trumpet sounds and we very well might be. If we're here and that trumpet sounds, the scripture said the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And there's a song, what a way to spend forever. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, what a way to spend forever with the Lord all time. Joy. The scripture said in Revelations, he would wipe the tears from our eyes. Won't be any more crying, no more sorrow, no more heartaches. Won't you make your appointment with victory today? Hallelujah. Whatever it is, and you that are not right with God, you that are here that you've not been doing what God wants you to do, You've not been faithful. Come on, God expects us to be faithful. In fact, he said they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? It means to be at church when the doors are open unless there's something drastic that you just can't get there. Come on, faithful means praying and talking to him, letting him be more important than anything else. I, I see people in my travels. Uh, I've got almost 113,000 on my van now, plus all the flying I've done to other countries and all the uh, traveling I've done. I see so many people that they're letting so many things be more important to them than the Lord. I see them, they'll spend more time on email or internet or whatever they're doing than they do in prayer. Come on. I see them, they're interested in everything else instead of prayer, instead of witnessing, instead of winning souls. They got their minds on all of those things. But I want you to know in John 15, uh, two, uh, First John 2.15, uh, love not the world, neither the things of the world. I want you to know today people are in love with things, uh, but we better have that appointment with the Lord and be faithful unto him uh, uh, so when that trumpet sounds, we'll be ready to go. Will you stand with me? Make that appointment today. You might say, well, later on. And I feel like there's someone here that the devil's telling you that the Lord won't have you back. But the devil's a liar. (laughs) The Lord's standing here this morning with outstretched hands. And he's saying, come on. Come on. If you're here today and you've been allowing things to keep you from being where you need to be with God. You know, you can even allow your children to keep you from being where you need to be with God. You can take up for your children when they're wrong. And that'll keep you from being where you need to be with God. Oh, God. But the Lord's right here. Come on today. Come on today. The Lord's got an appointment for you. He's saying, come on. And I know there's somebody here that you need to pray. Won't you come? Please come. I've wondered so. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, come on and let God fill you today. It's going to take it. You can't be saved without the Holy Ghost. But now. 
come on. Come on, keep your appointment. Don't be like Agrippa. As I turn the service back to Brother Shield, I beg you. Come on today, don't be lost. But now I'm coming home. Time is of essence this morning. The rich, the poor, the free, the bond, the educated, the uneducated, the learned, and the ignorant are given only the time that God allots to their life. And if we live, we all only have 24 hours in every day. That's why it's so important to touch God while you've got time. You may have already seen your last sunrise and you may never live to see a sunset. You need to make your appointment short this morning. There's room. He's not going to tell you there's too long a backlog. It'll be week after next. He's not going to tell you tomorrow's Christmas. But he'll say, I'll see you right now. Would you step out from your seat if you're a backslider this morning? Come to God. You can't figure this thing out with human intelligence this morning. I'll tell you what you'll do if you try it. You'll weave a web that you can't get out of. You'll wind up in a burning red hot devil's hell to spend all eternity. It takes the blood. It takes the mercy of God this morning. And he's here to do it. Come on, we need to get a hold of God. Folks, the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place and we need to touch Him today. Let's everybody come and pray. Hallelujah.
ね」